everyone, and welcome to the Change Makers Podcast, where we chat with interesting and engaging individuals here and far about change, making change, living change in their own lives, how they've experienced unimaginable change, and innovative ways people uplift the lives of others. We chat about triumphs over tragedies, mindset matters, and how we live out our life's purpose inspirationally. So please join us to be inspired and empowered to be the change you want to see in this world. You know, we can all be change makers in our lives. Here's to the change you're about to bring forth. I want to welcome Pam and uh, give her an opportunity to tell us about herself um, and her professional journey and what makes her heart sing professionally. So welcome to you so much, Pam. I'm so glad. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. This is awesome. Um, it's wonderful to, to join you on this podcast. And hello to everybody out there. It's great to um, not see you, but to, to you know, hopefully you're going to listen very closely um, today and uh, what Kimberly says and what my journey has been. Um, I um, started out in a small town called Scranton, Pennsylvania, um, and um, I ended up going to a university, um, which was at the time uh, two and a half hours driving because the speed limit was much lo lower back then, um, north from where I lived in Syracuse, New York. Um, and I attended Syracuse University. I graduated in a class in 1989. And um, since then, um, I got my master's degree, got my law degree. I worked for many years in marketing um, and having clients all over the country. And then I went back to law school at night um, and I clerked, uh, I was a judicial law clerk for a year and then I was I still am a lawyer and practice law for 10 years, um, and, but I was never truly happy in the law. Um, and now I realize I probably wasn't 100% happy even in what I did before then. And this, this university called Syracuse always had a place in my heart and in my life for, forever. And, um, and it's a, it's a very special place. And it's not just rooting for sports teams and rooting for the orange and, you know, rooting for basketball, lacrosse and football. It's not about that. If somebody asked me what the basketball scores are, who we played last and who we play next, I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> a little bit embarrassed to say that, but I'd say, I don't know necessarily. Um, I do follow them, but not as closely as some people think. I love the university. I love the spirit. I love the orange spirit. I love the people. Um, and I loved volunteering for the university so much so that I was an alumni club president for seven years while I practiced law. And then I was asked to be on the National Alumni Board of Directors, which is the Syracuse University Alumni Association Board of Directors. Um, and I, I joined them and uh, I quickly became a member of their executive a leadership team and then was uh, the chair of the philanthropy 
group within um, the SUAA, and then later on became a vice president of the Syracuse University Alumni Association Board of Directors, which I loved. Um, but I wasn't able to do that very long because I happened to be in a meeting where I currently work, which is the Joseph I. Lubin House in New York City. Um, it, it's a gorgeous home on the Upper East Side. We're a block, half a block off of Central Park, right across from the Pierre Hotel. It's, it's an amazing neighborhood. Um, and I was in a meeting here for this board and my current boss, Sue Ballard, she announced this position that they were gonna have it, you know, hire an executive director for alumni engagement here in New York City. And I, after the meeting was over, I went and I walked around Central Park and I walked and walked and walked and, and thought a lot and called my husband and said, I'm gonna apply for this job. Like, I don't know if I have the requisite experience, but I've applied for the job and now I've been here for close to, um, in my fourth year um, and now, and um, I absolutely love it and it is, my passion, it's, it makes, as Kimberly said, it makes my heart sing every single day. It's not a job to me anymore. I mean, I know this is my job and I need it, you know, to pay my mortgage and do all those things, but it's so much more than that to me. It truly is my life. So um, I just, I love being here. You know, it just makes my heart sing to hear the love and the passion and the purpose um, with which you speak about your position now. And, um, and I've been, we, we've been together through these, this whole path. Um, Pam and I met um, as colleagues and then um, we worked together as clients. She was a client, she's a client. Um, and then we became very good friends. <clears throat> and you know, I was with her through various law firm jobs, not happy, um, and we knew that there was something else, but we didn't know what that something else was. Um, and so share with us a little bit of Pam, if you can recall, you know, you, you are highly accomplished, highly degreed, you know, you had a background in marketing, so you know how to promote yourself and, 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 and have the right messaging. You had all the right ingredients, but yet you had not yet landed at this dream or this career or job of your dreams. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenging times along that journey. Oh yeah, there's a lot of lot of challenge, lot of challenging times along along the way. Um, it, it you know it was definitely not a straight path. If you look at my resume, you look at my LinkedIn profile. Um, you know, there's some people that have this direct line. You know, and you look at the and I know a lot of you listening. You look at them and say, why can't that be me? Why can't I have this direct line? I love what I do from the minute that I started. And you know, it's not like that for the majority of people. There's no there's really very few that have that direct path and many people who you might think are very happy, they may not be, you know, one so. Of the, one of the things that I've always heard and read, <clears throat> which I think is so true, is that we get sold this false belief that it's one wrong after another wrong, uh, you know, the next big title, the next big title, the next big salary, and we go up this ladder. But in, in actuality, you know, if we look at our careers, it's more like a jungle gym going from one thing to another to another. And then as we progress, you know, through the ages, 
that all of that can come together and then that's where you end up in your dream passion. That's right. I mean, it's, it's really, if you put all of my, as you said, like my degrees, my background in a blender um, and blended them all together and, and what I really truly love to do, which is engage with other people is what this job is. But I had no idea that that's what it was. And nobody really like could tell me that. I mean, you've helped me tremendously, but it's really, you know, at some point you just, something just happened. And that was being in that meeting that one day in April of 2016 that led me to, you know, here and, um, you know, and there, and, and, you know, there's a lot of issues, challenges, hurdles along the way. Um, a lot of tears shed, a lot of like, why me? Um, you know, I hear, you know, I have my undergraduate, I went to the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse, you know, arguably the very finest communication school in the country. I have, I have a dual degree from the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs, number one um, in, in its disciplines in, you know, in many, you know, polls in the country. And I have a law degree from Seton Hall. I have a master's in corporate and public communications from Seton Hall. You would think that, you know, I would know what to do. I'm a communicator I, and I'm a marketer and you think I would know the direction, but law broke me down. Law messed me up in the sense of, you know, once you go to law school, a lot of people are like, oh, you got to be a lawyer. You got to practice law. You got to be a law clerk. You got to do this. You got to do that. And no, you don't. I mean, you could get other degrees and they can help you in what you want to do. You do not have to be stuck in a career that you do not want to be in. It is, it is foolish. It is not, you know, it is not beneficial. And I remember being at the law firms I worked with. I worked for one for the majority of the time. Um, and, and that law firm, you know, I would say, but I want to do all these other things. And they're like, yeah, but that's not what we do. And being in a law firm, it was always very adversarial. Like our, you know, your colleagues would be adversarial with each other. Um, you know, they're nice to a certain extent. I mean, I worked with a lot of lovely people, but they're trained to be adversarial. And that was not me. That was not me. I was like, you know, wanted to be happy, wanted to talk to people, um, and wanted to make people happy. And I found myself, and I did a lot of bankruptcies and foreclosures and, you know, almost becoming friends with people that I was working on their bankruptcies because I wanted them to have a better life. I didn't want to just handle their bankruptcy, but I wanted them to come out better than they were before. And still to this day, like, some of those clients will stop me. They'll see me in Costco or like somewhere, you know, shopping or something and, or out with my son somewhere. And they really appreciated that. Um, but unfortunately in, in the practice of law, there's a thing called billable hours and, you know, being nice and calling people and things like that, that doesn't really help your billable hour requirement. Um, it's, you know, it's a great thing, but you know, really in the practice of law and working in a law firm, it's, you know, I just 
I read a letter, point two. I, you know, uh, I did something else. It was point four. I wrote, you know, wrote a letter to a client, whatever it is. And it's all that billable time. Um, and I found that my time doing that was not ever fulfilled. So that was a huge challenge. Um, it was a challenge when my law firm that I worked with for a long time, we lost our largest client. That was a client that I worked on and I held the relationship with that client. Um, and, and so, but I didn't bring it into the firm, but everybody at that, you know, with that client, they still love me and I'm still in communication with them. Um, and I would think that a lot of those lawyers that are at that law firm are not in communication with them anymore. I'm in communication with them, not always to get their business, but because I like them as people. Right. And I still want to have that relationship with them. And so it's, you know, that was a huge challenge. And it was, and Kimberly, you helped me a lot through that. And in four weeks, I had six offers because I know how to do, do that. And with, with your help, I was able to do that. And I, I took the wrong job. I like, I couldn't figure out like what I wanted to do. And for me, I had a young, very young son now, now he's nine. And, um, you know, I wanted a job that was close to my house. That's not a good enough reason to take a job. It, it isn't. And, um, and now I commute four hours a day, two hours each way to this amazing office in New York. And you know what? It's a blink of an eye. It's nothing because I love what I do. Right. And all of those challenges, it does, they, they don't matter anymore because I love what I do. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you find that, that role, all of those challenges and all of the tears that were shed, they kind of, you know, kind of, you don't remember them as much. You remember now what you're doing. And I got to remember that the path that I took to get here. And that path taught, you know, started at Syracuse University and now I'm back at Syracuse University and I, 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 there's some things I'd change in my life, but if I knew that I wouldn't have gotten here by doing all those other things, then, you know, I had to do all those things to, to, to lead me to sitting in this office that I'm in right now um, and into my future with this university. That is so incredibly powerful, <clears throat> and I'm sure because of who you are, you recognize and have gratitude around the fact that had it not been for some of those rocky roads, that you would have not been prepared uniquely for where you are right now. Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't have. There are things now that I do in my job because everybody says, well, you're a former lawyer. I'm not a former lawyer, I am a lawyer. I worked hard to, um, to I'm staring in my office at all these, this paper that I have on my wall. Yeah, it looks impressive, but you know what? It's, it, was a hard, it was hard for me. Law school was very hard for me. It was not easy. Um, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the top student in law school. Um, and, and, and oh, so, by the way, and oh, by the way, you went at night after working a full-time job. Yep. I went at night. I got off planes. I got off trains. I got, was traveling to see clients. And then I went there, 
but it, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I could have been, I could have been a top student if I had more time, um, but I didn't. And um, I, but the thing is, to now when I'm, I just came back from uh, working on an agreement um, for something for Syracuse. Um, I'm not part of their legal team, but it's important those negotiation, the mediation skills, the try to figure out what's going to be best for the university and for um, what I oversee, which is the New York metropolitan region for Syracuse University is, you know, those skills are so important. They're important in communicating to make sure you say the right things at the right time. Um, they're important when, you know, we go through challenges at the university to, and, and my communications background, um, both from Seton Hall and certainly from the Newhouse School in knowing how to approach things. I mean, that, that all, and my experiences all led up to this so that the experiences, the education, they were all, they were all important, but it's not, you know, again, what I said, it's not, certainly not a direct path, but I needed those, I needed those tools to get here. I can't say that if I was, didn't practice law, that I would have gotten this job. I don't know. It somehow it helped. Many of my colleagues in my department, I mean, they have, um, you know, an undergraduate degree. Many have an undergraduate and a master's degree. Um, and, but it, I, I think this is what was meant for me. For whatever reason, this is what was meant for me to get here. And now I realize within the university and other universities, um, there's many people who work in advancement, alumni engagement, uh, corporate and foundation relations, even our chancellor of Syracuse University are lawyers. So they, um, it gives you a skill set set that you can use in other ways. Right. So I'm just blown away. Uh, I'm just blown away at the metamorphosis and the journey <clears throat> because I've, I've seen it on, on standing and cheering you on, um, you know, and so much. And, and we've talked about change makers and what does change makers mean and who are change makers. And so I, I'm, I'm just curious, um, what does the word change maker mean to you? Well, a change maker, I think for, you know, for me, it's really, it's an exciting word because what is it when you break it down, which I have a nine-year-old, so he's in fourth grade. And so with complex words, you have to break them down into different pieces. Um, it's a change maker. It's somebody who makes change happen. Mm -hmm. um, and here making change happen for yourself, for your company, for, you know, I'm working in higher ed for my institution that I work for. Um, it's somebody who can vision the future, can, um, can say, this is what we want. This is where I, I or we want to go or want to be. And how am I going to get there? Um, I'm not going to be complacent and be stuck in the past um, and stuck in what happened before. Um, I could be still sitting at my desk at a law firm and be, you know, not happy. Um, you make change happen for, for yourself or for others, depending on how you want to look at, look at it. And I think it's really, I think it's a very, Kimberly, I think that word is a very 
simple word to kind of break down and kind of know what it means. And I really like it a lot because of that. It's, you know, it's making change, making, paving your own path, paving your own future. Um, I, I think that's what it means quite simply. And that's how I would explain it to Connor, my son. So the same, the same way. So, uh, and I, I agree. And that's why, you know, I, as I shared with you, I, um, we had a lot of brainstorming sessions over, you know, what to name and call this new um, program that we're going to be rolling out, um, change makers. And because people making changes, and of course that could be at the very micro level of ourselves personally, professionally, but how do we help and, and uh, shepherd people to make change, you know, even globally, you know, the young lady Greta Thunberg over in Sweden. Good Lord, is she a change maker? Look at this young lady, what she's done and how she's brought her unique brilliance to this world platform. I mean, so it can, I think it has that word. Um, my intention was for it to encapsulate change as far and wide as one can imagine or as narrow and personal into our everyday lives. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, and I think that, it makes you like excited about what's moving forward. Like, you know, so for some people change is very scary, right? I mean, they don't, you know, um, but unless you change something, you can't, you can't move forward, whether that's, you know, um, whether that's moving to a new, you know, new location or like for me, I commute into New York city from, I live in New Jersey. Um, you know, and making that change, uh, it's many times it's for the, you know, it's for the better. You have to look at it. You have to look at it that way. And I think it's a very positive word, um, you know, that will, you know, propel somebody to make those positive changes in their life and get what they want out of their life. So when they look back, at their life they they you know they don't have any regrets that they're doing what they want and you know for many you know everybody's like oh a job's not a be-all end-all well you spend the majority of your time at work you spend the majority of your time doing work five days a week even if it's just 40 hours a week you know and you don't have overnight travel and you don't have other things like that i mean it's a lot of time um you know without taking a commute and other things and if you're miserable at the job, the career that you're in, it's, you know, you really need to be a change maker. You need to um, make something happen that's going to make you want to, you know, as you said before, make your heart sing. Um, and for me, that's been working here and, and living an orange life. And that's, that's our color. That's Syracuse's color. So it's orange. Um, and so, um, and it's the happiest of colors and it makes me happy. Yeah. So it's, it's finding what that's going to mean for you. Exactly. I think that's wonderful. So let me just ask you one question because I, I know you're going to give me a wonderful answer. What advice or insights would you offer women who know that there there's rumblings inside of them that they're not living their best life or they're not living their full potential they may 
feel that, but they don't know what to do with that. You know, Kimberly, I, I think that they really need to sit quiet too for a little bit yeah. and, I, and, and think about what they want. And I'm going to go back to a day that I was in your Women in Law Rainmakers group in Philadelphia. And um, we met at a law firm in Philadelphia. And um, I, walked out, I walked outside and it was, um, it was like in the, it, it was still cold out. So it was like, you know, around March, like say in the March timeframe. And I walked outside, March, April, say, and walked outside and I was like, you know, wh what am I going to do? Where, you know, where am I going to go next? What, you know, and I went, I went to, I'm a very, you know, spiritual person. I believe in my faith. I, I just, I happen to be Roman Catholic. And I went to a, um, you know, a church that was nearby. And I just sat there and I sat quiet. And I just thought to myself, like, what it is that I want, you know, what do, what do I want? Not what does somebody else want for me or what other people's expectations are of me in, you know, oh, you went to law school or you have a master's degree or whatever you have. And what do other people think you should do? It's what I wanted to do. I still made mistakes after that. I still made mistakes after I thought to myself and then I talked to you later. I still made mistakes, but I think being quiet and thinking about what those things are and then being energized by other people that are, however somebody's energized, I need to be around other people. Some, either, some other folks don't need that as much. It just depends on what, what, you, what you really need. Um, to get you going a different direction is to just take a step back, take a breath. I did not do that when I had those six job offers. I did not. I was worried about money. I was worried about how are we going to survive? What are, you know, what are we going to do? I have all these loans to pay off from law school. I have all this other stuff. What am I going to do? And, um, you know, had I taken the time then, um, and I learned from those jobs that I, 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 was, I was at, but, you know, I didn't listen to myself. I think you have to listen to you and what you want to do, not what somebody else wants, but what you want and what's in your heart and to examine like what your true passions are and, and not, you know, and, and really find them in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own spirit. Because if you don't, you know, you're going to be stuck and you're going to be stuck in a role that you don't want. And life is way too short. And we don't know how long we have on this, you know, beautiful planet that we're on. No, nobody knows. Nobody knows. And so to live like that and to live in, you know, in, in kind of like in misery um, is not, it's not it doesn't make anybody else happy and it certainly doesn't make you happy. So it's, it's really taking a step back and then how to figure out how to make change happen. It's uh, different for different people, but how to make change happen. And I'm blessed that for me, it was right before my eyes, but I didn't realize it. And I'm blessed that, you know, I had a woman that is now my boss who saw it in me and I'm forever grateful that you know, she brought me in for an interview and, um, cause somebody, somebody else could have just thrown my resume away. Right. And they wouldn't have given it a second thought. 
and I could still be practicing law somewhere. Um, but some, somebody gave them, so you need those other people who are going to believe in you um, and believe that, you know, you can do what, what you want to do. Or if, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit that you can go out and make the career that you want with your own power, which I know Kimberly, you've done and done so well that you're, you know, have made um, really what you want to do and, and, you know, moved yourself forward that way. Yes. I mean, and sometimes I feel like it's a calling, um, you know, sometimes when we're in situations, I mean, of course, you know, I was in corporate for 23 years, um, and, um, it's not an easy road, <clears throat> particularly when you're in male dominated industries, you're the only woman in the room. Um, I've dealt with all those things and I'm very, very passionate about helping and partnering women who are in similar situations. And, um, there came a time and there came a point where I'm like, I'm done. I'm just done. I can't live like this. As you said, it was very unfulfilling, frustrating, demoralizing on some levels. And it's like, I know I'm here to do something bigger, better, greater, different, whatever. I wasn't exactly sure. Um, but then I took all of the sum of my experiences um, and created a business from scratch. Um, and now I'm on to a second business, uh, which is now uh, my beloved change makers, because I'm so passionate for people to live out their purpose, um, however they define that. So <clears throat> thank you very, very, very much, Pam, for sharing all of your story and your journey. And, you know, I know that that's just the tip of the iceberg because I know the story well. Um, but I can't tell you how much I admire you. Mm -hmm. I respect you. Um, I'm in awe of you um, because, um, as Pam mentioned, she has a young son and she's done, you know, if there has ever been <clears throat> the embodiment of um, Fred Astaire's dance partner of wearing the high heels and doing the dancing and doing it backwards, Grace Kelly, it would be Miss Pam Mulligan. Oh, isn't that sweet? That's so sweet. You've done and supported your family and um, all of that. And so I, if there's anybody that embodies change maker, it would be you with three crowns on top. Oh. And so I just have one question that one question remaining that I ask all of our guests because um, I love to hear the answer, and that is. If you could give yourself, your younger self, one piece of professional advice, what would that be? The one piece of professional advice, and it's kind of personal too, is to believe in you and to be independent. I wish that I knew me now when I was you know, 18 years old or 20, 22 years old, whatever, when you finish high school or college. Um, and, and when I, when I say that is, you know, uh, I know a lot of young people, they, you know, they'll get caught up with a relationship, uh, you know, perhaps 
you know, having friends and following those friends rather than following and being independent themselves and following themselves and knowing that if they follow their own heart and their own dreams and what they want and the change that they want in their, in their lives, what they want for their lives, they can make it happen, but they, they have to make sure that they don't, that they have the right people around them that are not going to hold them back and that, that, that they're independent enough you know, to know that. And that's, that's the, you know, because if I look at myself back then, I didn't have what I, what I have now, um, you know, and it takes, and that's why they say there's, there's this thing called wisdom. Well, <laughs> you know, it takes a little while to get it. So, and I, and I admire a lot of our younger alumni that we have at Syracuse because, you know, some of them I'm just so impressed with because they got it all going on far better. And I always picture myself back then. I'm like, wow, look at these kids. Like they are amazing. Yeah. Um, I wish I was like that back then, but it's fine because I'm like that now. And that's, and that's what matters. But I think that's, that's, that's be, be you, be you. Be you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate our listeners. Uh, this wraps it up for another episode of Change Makers how we highlight and showcase people who are making a difference. And that would be Ms. Pam Mulligan. Um, and so until next time, keep changing and making your own way. Thank you so much.